Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Happy Sunday, everybody. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and tell him, wake up. <laughs> it's all right if you fell asleep, you know, that means it was a good meditation. How's everybody's Thanksgiving? Great. It was all right. If you went to the potluck, you better be screaming like, oh my God, it was amazing. Oh my God, it was amazing. Yes. <laughs> so typically, I'm not like the biggest fan of Thanksgiving. I don't know why. I'm just like, it's in the way of Christmas. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I guess like... I haven't been the biggest fan of, of the Thanksgiving food I've been exposed to over the years. And then this potluck happened on Wednesday, and now I'm already looking forward to Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> because, wow, the food that we had on Wednesday was so, so good. And I'm so, so thankful. And so I hope that you guys got to enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm happy that you're here on this weekend. And we're going to talk about gratitude very fitting with this holiday season. And the title of my message today is Grateful for Everything, for Everything, for Everything, for Everything, for Everything. Gratitude is one of those spiritual practices that is so powerful and transformative precisely because you can actually bring it into your moment-to-moment experience. So there are a lot of spiritual practices that we partake in that are momentary. Right? We can take a couple of moments to pray in the morning. We can take a couple of uh, moments to listen to worshipful music. We can take a few moments to be in nature and meditate. But gratitude is something that you can carry into your moment-to-moment experience. And that is when your spiritual practice really begins to take some roots and develop some depth to it. When you can bring your spiritual practice into your moment-to-moment experience, gratitude is something that you can uh, infuse into everything that you do, every experience that you have. And so gratitude is very powerful because by bringing it into your moment-to-moment experience, you transform your moment-to-moment experience. And you really don't need a lot to be grateful for. You really only need just one thing. Can you find something to be grateful for every single day? Just takes one thing. Think about the fact that everything in our lives could be going right. But that one thing that goes wrong, when we give it our attention, when we give it our focus, can change the trajectory of our day in such a negative way. Isn't that true? Yes. I know for myself... (laughs) You know, being in this line of work, 
What are the, the two things people say never to talk about when you're with your family or in the workplace? It's religion and politics, right? Well, that happens to be the area of life that I speak on all the time. It's religion and politics. You know, I don't get into the weeds of it, but all of the principles that we, sh that we share and that we talk about apply into that field and into that realm of life. And so naturally... Being in a position like mine, speaking about the things that I speak about, that's going to garner some criticism. And I remember when I first started getting the criticism, oh my God, it would hit me where it hurts. And sometimes it still will hit me where it hurts. I can get a hundred people tell me, oh my God, Danny, what you shared was so amazing. Oh my gosh, Danny, that word was so powerful and it impacted me so well. But that one person who criticizes, oh my gosh, it just eats you up alive. Anybody ever experienced that? All it takes is just one negative word, one criticism. We give our focus to that and it ruins everything. What if the reverse of this can also be true? Could it be possible that when everything in our life is going wrong, if we were just to find one thing that we're going right, that could change the trajectory of our day in a positive way. I think so. That's what I've experienced in my life through gratitude. We don't realize how much more difficult, how much heavier the load of life becomes as a result of our complaining. We just love to grumble and complain for no reason. For myself now, for the last 15 weeks, ever since I got this machine in my house called the Tonal, I've been working out at home, have not gone to a gym. But normally, when I have gone to the gym, when I've gone to like group fitness classes, or even if I'm working out with Ryan at Retro Fitness or something like that, something that I like to do when I go to the gym is complain. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, it's leg day, come on, man, we gotta do legs, bro, come on, I don't wanna do that. Or if I'm going to the group classes, you know, I just like to, and sometimes it just feels good. You know, sometimes I just need somebody to listen to me complain so that I can get it out and then I'm over it, right? So there's a place for complaining. But when you complain, things become such a drag. Well, now that I've been working in a hospital for the last year of my life, and I see the conditions that people are in, their inability to move their body, or how about like the several people, it's not even like one person, I've already met several people who were just minding their own business, living their life, driving their car, got in an accident, and now they don't have a leg or something. You get exposed to enough of that, you better believe you're gonna start being grateful that you can even just move your body. And now I bring that into every workout that I have. When I'm feeling tired and I don't feel like being in the gym and I don't feel like moving my body, it's not even like I have to try anymore. It's natural for me to be like, oh my goodness, this is so good that I get to move, that I get to sweat, that I get to put all of this tension in my body. Wow, what a gift, what a gift, what a gift that I get to experience this. Gratitude transforms your moment-to-moment -moment experience. And it takes the things that normally we would complain about and grumble about and turns it into something that is good and beautiful and something that you don't take for granted anymore. We take so much for granted in our life, like the breath in our lungs, 
Do you realize that you are being sustained in this moment and that your sustenance really has nothing to do with you? Your lungs are expanding and you're not commanding them to? Your heart is beating and you're not telling it to? God is just keeping you alive as a gift of pure grace. That is a gift. That's something to be grateful for. When you open your eyes in the morning, oh my goodness, that's something to be grateful for. If you pay attention to Jesus' teachings, he never really spent a lot of time talking about abstract theological or philosophical concepts. Jesus was very, very, very practical. He always pointed to very non-religious, ordinary, everyday things to show people what God is like. So he would say, if you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, look at the birds in the air, the lilies in the field. You want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? Look at this seed that is planted on the ground. Simple, ordinary, everyday things that we take for granted. Jesus highlighted and emphasized as a window and a doorway into the presence of God. For me, the whole point of what Jesus taught throughout the Gospels was, are you looking for God? Just open your eyes. God is hiding in plain sight. And gratitude is what gives you the ability to see that. Gratitude is what opens up the spiritual dimension of life for you. What does it mean to be grateful? To be grateful is to say yes to life. To say yes to life in its entirety. Whatever it is that life brings to you, you welcome it with open arms and you say yes. That includes the problems. That includes the suffering. That includes all of the difficulties that you may be experiencing in your life. Okay, it's one thing to be grateful for the stuff that it's easy to be grateful for. And even that stuff, we forget to be grateful for it. But I want to push the envelope a little bit, as I always do, and get you to realize that gratitude is so powerful that you can, you can bring gratitude even into the most difficult circumstances of your life and experience inner transformation as a result of it. Just got to be willing to, to give it a shot. Look at what Eckhart Tolle says, an incredible spiritual teacher. Always say yes to the present moment. What could be more futile, more insane than to create inner resistance to what already is? What could be more insane than to oppose life itself, which is now and always now? Surrender to what is. Say yes to life and see how life suddenly starts working for you rather than against you. That's the formula, saying yes to life. There's a story in the Hebrew scriptures about a man named Jacob. Jacob had a brother named Esau. They got into a fight. Esau wanted to kill Jacob, the typical thing siblings want to do. And so Jacob said, I got to get out of here. I've got to run because my brother wants to take my life. Jacob had a big old family. He had two wives. He had a bunch of kids, a bunch of cattle, a bunch of animals. And so he had to move his whole operation, his whole family to another place to escape his brother's anger. 
And one night, him and his family were walking across the wilderness, and he sends his family ahead of him. And he says, you guys go across the river. I'll meet you there later. Because if my brother Esau is close, I don't want him to kill all of us. So I'll be a buffer between you guys and him. And one night when Jacob is alone because he sent his family ahead of him, the scriptures say that a man appeared. And this man started to wrestle with Jacob. After some time, Jacob realized that this wasn't just any man that he was wrestling with. This was actually God who appeared to him in the form of a man. And he was wrestling with God. And when Jacob came to that realization, he refused to stop wrestling. He refused to stop fighting. He refused to let go until this man would bless him. Finally... The man blesses him. This is a weird story, by the way. If you're trying to figure out the, th the whole thing, there, it's really weird. <laughs> I understand that. Okay, but finally, the man blesses him, and Jacob receives this blessing, and he decides to give a name to this place where he encountered the divine. Look at what the scriptures say. And Jacob called the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Why is this so significant? Why am I bringing this up within the context of gratitude? Because what Jacob realizes through this encounter is that God is to be found in the struggle. God is to be found in the suffering. God is to be found in the wrestling a lot of us think when we're going through difficult times that God is absent and God is not there. But it's precisely in the difficulties that God is the most present to us. Open and available. Ready and willing to teach us, to show us, to mold us, to train us, to transform us, to build us up. And notice that it, it's through the wrestling, through the struggling, through the challenge that the blessing came. The same is true for each and every one of us in our everyday lives. Our greatest blessings are almost always going to be found on the other side of our greatest struggles. There's just no other way around it. It's the way life works. But that's a good thing because as that pendulum of life swings and you go from really good times to really bad times, you can know that when it goes to the really bad times, there's going to be a turn of events and something from this is going to add something of immense value to me. There is always a blessing on the other side of my struggle, which is why the scriptures say that we should never grow weary in doing good. Don't give up. Don't let go until that blessing comes. Now, something else that's really cool about this name that Jacob gives to the place where he has this encounter with God. Peniel. Some of you who are more spiritual may be aware of that term. Okay, the word peniel is also the name of a special gland that sits right at the center of our brain, which in some ancient cultures and traditions, people have referred to as the third eye. 
Now, it's not the same exact word. They're spelled differently. But there's a strong resonance here that I want to point to. Because Jacob is calling this place Peniel for here I have seen God face to face. Well, when you and I activate that pineal gland and open up that third eye, what that means is now we have opened up our capacity for spiritual perception. And what does it mean to have spiritual eyes and to see life through a spiritual lens? It means you're able to see the face of God in the face of everything. You're able to see the face of God in the face of everyone. That's what it means to be spiritually awakened. That's what it means to be spiritually alive. It's what it means to see through spiritual eyes. You see the face of God in the face of everyone. You see the face of God in the face of everything. Look at this quote from Byron Katie. I mention her often, one of my favorite spiritual teachers. And I, before I even read this, I know for some of y'all, this, is, this seems like there's no way that this is even real. There's no way that... I can ever even say this, but I want to show you these words from a woman who says this and means it so that you can know what's possible for you with gratitude. If I lose all my money, good. If I get cancer, good. If my husband leaves me, good. If he stays, that's good too. Who wouldn't always say yes to reality if that's what you're in love with? What can happen that I wouldn't welcome with all of my heart? It's good. It's always good. It's always good. Jesus said the most important thing you can do with your life is to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Well, to love God, for a lot of us, we think that means, okay, I'm going to, Read my Bible for 20 minutes today. And I say, hey, that's a good thing. But in reality, to love God is to love life. Because God always comes to you disguised in the form of your life. So to see God in everything and to see everything in God is to see and understand that everything is ultimately good. That everything is ultimately being utilized by God for our good. If God is behind it, there's good that is in it. So for me to love God, if I say I love God, how can I love God if I don't love the reality in which he exposes and reveals himself to me? To love God is to love life. To love God is to love the present moment. Because God always comes to you disguised in the form of your life. So whatever it is that happens... Can I find a way to be single-minded and accept it as good? It's all good. It's all there for my good. It takes time and it takes work. And it also takes questioning all of those thoughts and those beliefs that rush into our mind that would tell us otherwise. That would tell us that this is not good. That this is going to be my end. That this is going to lead to my destruction. That this is going to be the worst thing that could ever occur. It's going to take practice for us to question these things, to let go of those lies so that we can truly see reality for what it is, so we can see it as the good thing that it is. The only way to transcend suffering in life is to say yes to it. And that's what it means to say yes to it. God, if this is what you have for me, 
Yes. It's good. I may not understand the intricacies of that yet, but I will trust that it is so. The only way to overcome suffering is by saying thank you for it. You understand, you could go through anything in life. You can go through anything in life. But if you're able some way, somehow to find a thank you. To come out in the midst of that. You're going to be stronger for it. You're going to be better off because of it. Look at this passage of scripture from the wisdom of Sirach. This is a book that's found in, in the Apocrypha, which means Protestants don't have this in their Bible, but Catholics do. I love this scripture. It says, good and evil, life and death, poverty and riches, all are from the Lord. Now, obviously, most of us don't like this. I like it because it simplifies life for me. The good and the bad, the pretty and the ugly, the positive and the negative, all comes from one source. And the scriptures say that God is the giver of every good gift. So if God is the giver of every good gift, then I am going to welcome and accept all of those gifts, regardless of whatever package that gift may come in. Whatever package that gift may come in, I'm going to receive it and accept it as the gift that it is. I will see it and accept it as something that is good because I trust who it's coming from. And I may not think it's for my good. It may not feel like it's for the good. But I trust that it is so. It all comes from God. And so practicing gratitude means practicing gratitude for, for all of it, for everything. I'm grateful for my triggers because they teach me what I need to work on. When someone triggers me, instead of moving outward in blame, I'm going to move inward in self-reflection. And so anything that would cause me to move inward in self-reflection so that I can understand myself more deeply is a gift from God. That means you triggering me is so good. It's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you pissed me off. Wow. I, that, yes. That means there's something that I need to work on. That's so good. That's so good because I don't want to always be a puppet on your string. And so it's really, really, really good when something comes out. And when my ego says, no, we're not going to accept that. No, they're not going to treat me like that. No, they're not going to disrespect me. No, they're not going to speak ill on my name. And I start going crazy. Oh, what a good thing. What a good thing that I have an opportunity to work on myself. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for conflict. Because conflict has taught me how to find my voice. Conflict has taught me how to set boundaries. Conflict has taught me how to work with difficult personalities. Now I realize there's no such thing as a difficult person. It's really just what I'm thinking and believing about that person that's making them difficult to me. And so there's some more stuff for me to work on. And conflict shows me that. So I'm grateful for conflict. 
When I have conflict now, all I see it is pra- I see it as practice. It's just practice. This is practice for the next thing. And there will always be a next thing. It doesn't matter how many times you switch jobs. That person that you dislike and that rubs you the, wa- the wrong way is going to show up there too. In a different form, with a different face, and a different name. It's just what it is. There's no escaping it. So now when I have conflict, I'm so grateful because I'm learning how to deal with these kind of situations. And it's preparing me for the next situation that inevitably will come. Thank you, God, for conflict. I'm grateful for relationships that end. Because every relationship that has ended in my life has taught me that the best friend I'm ever going to have in this world is me. Every person that has abandoned me has taught me not to abandon myself. And so if it's a friend or if it's a romantic partner that decides to leave, oh my God, I am so grateful because I don't want anybody here that doesn't want to be here. I am so grateful because you leaving is simply strengthening my own relationship with me. And at the end of the day, I've come to realize that's all I got. And so for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for unexpected losses. Because unexpected losses remind me not to find my comfort and my security in circumstances and situations. I'm grateful for closed doors because every closed door shows me what's not meant for me. I'm grateful for my mistakes. I'm grateful for my failures because every time I screw up, I get to eat some humble pie and it's so good for me. And I get to grow in my empathy for other people. Gratitude can be applied to anything and everything in your life. And if you dare apply gratitude to those instances and circumstances and situations of your life that normally you would be completely ungrateful for, that you don't want to experience, you may come to see and recognize God's hand in that. Even that thing, you may recognize God's hand in. And so every day we just say, thank you. There's a wonderful Christian mystic by the name of Meister Eckhart who said, if the only prayer I ever said was, thank you, that would be enough. I'll add another one. Help me. Those are the two best prayers to pray. (laughs) God, thank you. God, help me. For real. (laughs) What else do you need to pray after that? Ain't much else to pray. God, thank you. God, help me. (laughs) But that's so transformative. When you live in this attitude of gratitude, the feeling that comes with it is that everything is as it should be. You rest into the way things are. I'm grateful. Everything is as it should be. may not be the way that I thought it needed to be. It may not exactly be the way that I want it to be, but I'm grateful for the way that it is. I know and I trust that everything is exactly as it should be. Look at this quote from Ram Das. Suffering only shows you where you are attached. That is why 
to those on the path, suffering is grace. You understand? So this is why we can be grateful for the triggers and we can be grateful for conflict and we can be grateful for endings and we can be grateful for losses because when we suffer, we see what we're attached to. And when we can wake up to what we are attached to, what a grace that is. What a grace that is because now we can begin that process of letting go, letting God Suffering is grace. Another word for grace is gift. It's, a, it's all a gift, people. That's the whole point. And I know we, we're not going to get it until we see it ourselves. I can say it, but it'll mean nothing until you see it. Gratitude will help you see it. So just get into the practice of it, and you'll start seeing that God's gifts come in a lot of different packages, but they're all gifts in their own ways. They're all gifts. It's all grace. I'll end with one last story. It's not a historical story. It's not real in any way, but it's a story about Jesus that has been told in many other traditions. Jesus was with a group of his disciples, and he wanted to send them out two by two to go preach in different towns and tell people about the good news of the kingdom of heaven. But before he sent out his disciples, he wanted to make sure that they were ready. So he put them through a test. That test was Jesus would present to them worst case scenarios. And he would see how they would respond to these possible worst case scenarios that could occur. And based on that response, he would assess if they were ready. So one day Jesus throws out a worst case scenario And when he asked his disciples what they will do if this happens, all of their answers were based in fear and anxiety. So Jesus said, you're you're not ready. Years later, after they followed Jesus and walked with Jesus and learned from Jesus and saw with their own eyes what it's like to respond to difficulties and challenges in life, Jesus finally said, I think it's time to to send you out. But before I send you out, I, I have some questions for you. And he says, let's say you go out to a new town and you knock on somebody's door and they shut the door in your face. They don't welcome you into their homes. What will you do? And the disciples said, well, we'll be grateful that they didn't do anything worse. And Jesus says, "Okay, well, what if you go back and they do do something worse? What if they harm you and they spit on you? And they mock you. And they say, well, we'll be grateful that they didn't uh, throw us into prison. Jesus said, well, what happens if you go and they throw you into prison? They said, well, we'll be grateful that they didn't kill us. And Jesus says, well, what if they kill you? And the disciple says, well, we'll be grateful that we are now becoming martyrs and that we will have the great honor of dying for the cause of God's kingdom. And when Jesus heard those responses, he said, well done, now you're ready. Because he knew that their gratitude would be able to sustain them through whatever it is that they would experience. The worst of the worst could come their way. 
They don't let me in the home. Well, I'm grateful they didn't do anything worse. They did something worse. Well, I'm grateful they didn't throw me into prison. They throw me into prison. Well, I'm grateful they didn't kill me. They kill me. I'm grateful I get to die for this cause. You can be grateful for anything. You can be grateful for everything. And when you open up your heart and you allow yourself to simply say thank you for whatever the gift is, even when it comes in packaging that may not seem appealing to you, you will begin to notice and see how it's always good. It's always for your benefit. The beautiful thing about gratitude is that when you apply gratitude to something that's bad, you turn it and transform it into something that's good. And when you apply gratitude to something that's good, you turn it and transform it into something that's great. Because gratitude teaches you how to find value in that which is bad, and it teaches you how to savor that which is good. When you see the value in that which is bad, it transforms into something good. When you savor something that's already good, you turn it into something that's great. And so the word of the day is gratitude. And I hope that for us, this can be so much more than just a day out of the year, a holiday that we celebrate, and that it can become a lifestyle that we partake in every single day. God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Not just for the good, but also for the bad. I'm grateful for everything. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you for everything. We thank you for all of it. Even the trial, even the tribulation, even the difficulty, even the challenges. We are so grateful that you're always at work in our lives. We're so grateful that you utilize everything that we experience to mold us, to change us, to transform us, and to awaken us. Teach us, God, to live with grateful hearts, grateful attitudes, and help us never to take for granted the wonderful gifts that you've given to us in this life. May you continue to bless us, guide us, protect us, and help us to see the world as you see it, as a place that is good, and as a place that is filled with your presence. We thank you, God, and we honor you. And we open up our hearts to be transformed by you. Amen. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's basically Christmas, guys. I love you. Have a great rest of the week. Catch you next Sunday.